This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Set me free. Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio, and I am a rogue Christian. And... I want to say that it's really a blessing to be working with Faith Talk here. We've been on the air about a year and a half. And what they've done in allowing us to come on the air is rare. And what I mean by that is there's been times I've emailed radio stations in other states saying, hey, we're coming with a conference. Um, we would like to put ads on and we did a conference, I think it was a year ago now, and in another state, and I emailed four radio stations, tried to call, and saying, hey, we're doing a conference on porn addiction and sex addiction, and I'd like to just do an ad or a PSA and no response. So when we first moved here to Arizona in 2020, and I sent emails to a number of stations, this is the only one that responded. And, you know, we talk very openly about real-world things people are struggling with very clearly about pornography and masturbation and adultery and other things, spiritual abuse, sexual abuse. So um, this isn't a lemonade show, you know, with a lot of sugar in it at times. But we do offer hope. But all that to say is what, this, what Faith Talk is doing is a big deal. And we see that with even with churches and Christians I talk to, sometimes I tell a believer, hey, this is what we do with helping people with porn addiction and adultery. And then I get that coma look and, you know, they kind of go comatose or they change the subject. And so this station, I just want to say thank you. Thank you to Mark and your team. Thank you to Ramon for sitting here and, and and listening to the shows and producing the show. So it's really a blessing. So <clears throat> yesterday I was invited to a pastor's and ministry leader's breakfast, appreciation, not breakfast, a lunch here locally. And I went, and one of the guys talked about a prayer summit that they have coming up in August, August 15th to 17th. 2022 Greater Phoenix Prayer Summit, and and he was talking about it. They had done this before, and they they talked about how its ministry puts this on is based out of Tucson. They talked about how when they do these prayer summits, they see some pretty incredible changing changes in their city, and so they handed out the brochures, and it says no ministry booths, no sermons. No adverti- advertisements. The main attraction is God himself. 
So it was three days, three straight days of prayer with worship blended in too. And I'm like, all right, finally somebody gets it. I remember from years ago, I saw that Leonard Ravenhill wrote, if you want to know how people think about the pastor or the church, then go to the church on Sunday morning. But if you want to know how people think about God, go to the prayer meeting. Except that today the prayer meeting is extinct in many of our churches. And we've been looking for a home church ever since moving here in July of 2020. And I, I walk through the websites and look through, and most of them do not have prayer meetings. And for the most part, the few that do, it'll be something like a Bible study and prayer, which you know that means you're probably going to be spending the majority of the time in, in the Bible study. And so, and Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers the, um, from the 18th century, he himself said that any church that does not pray is dead. So when I saw this, this person, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm in on this. So it's three days, August 15th to 17th, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. And um, so I, I want to continue to challenge you. We must become houses of prayer. That means we pray on our Sunday morning worship service, and we pray during the week. And Charles Spurgeon's church the Metropolitan, Metropolitan Tabernacle in the 1800s, they had prayer meetings all through the week that would be attended by hundreds. And God used them powerfully. And so that's, I will continue to, to challenge you, to challenge us as a church. We have to up our game with prayer. And so what I'm going to talk about a lot today is about Las Vegas. We took a trip there Rebecca and I, a couple weeks ago, and I did two live radio shows, one on a Thursday afternoon that was an hour, and I did another one the next morning, Friday morning, that was a half hour, and to give you a little bit of a, just a feeling of Las Vegas and what we were driving into, just a few figures and statistics, in spite of prostitution being illegal in Las Vegas, the city of Las Vegas, there are an estimated at 3,000 to 3,500 prostitutes working in Vegas at any given time. 66 times more money is spent by customers on illegal prostitution in Nevada than in the legal regulated brothels outside of the city. Las Vegas has around 30 strip clubs. 12,000 dancers are registered with the police department. Statewide, the brothel industry takes in upwards of $50 million in revenue annually from 400,000 clients. 400,000 clients. Some of those will be repeat customers, but when I see a number like that, <clears throat> I think of a lot of lives that are being destroyed. I think of men who are going into women and paying them for sex. And I had sex with the prostitute, prostitutes years ago in the 80s and 90s. And I know from ex- personal experience how dirty you feel after doing something like that. And the women who are allowing themselves to be used and abused, the ones that I encountered, there was something missing from their eyes. There was like the light was missing from their soul. 
So when I see 400,000 customers visiting prostitutes, I see hundreds of thousands of destroyed lives. And we can't just sit back and let that go on. And and it's a tragedy. And, and also Nevada ranks ninth in the nation for human trafficking and seventh in the rankings of women murdered by men. And they also did some studies and found that um, prostitutes, 60% of them end up getting assaulted or abused or raped forcefully. So it's not like people are going and doing these things and just having a happy, wonderful time. There, there's evil that comes on top of this, comes with it. So this is what we were descending into. And as we drove to the radio station, <laughs> it's right smack in the middle of the sexual hotbed in Las Vegas. So the radio studio, KKVV, uh, has five strip clubs around. The one is right next door. I mean, you can literally walk there 20 feet away. And in the surrounding area, there is an erotica museum. There are sex shops. There are massage parlors all over the, the city. Um, but they're they're concentrated there too. And, and then the Las Vegas Strip is just minutes away. So KKVV is on the north end of the Las Vegas Strip. And I hadn't been to the Strip in, since the 1980s. That had been the last time I'd been. And they built it up a lot trying to make it family-friendly. So there's replicas of New York City and the Eiffel Tower. And, and there's a 45-foot-tall Gisborne Les Paul guitar right in front of the Hard Rock Cafe <clears throat> on the Strip. So all this to, um, you know, make it... I remember years ago, you, they were trying to make Las Vegas a family-friendly destination, but they've also added some of the wrong attractions right there in the Strip. So there are showgirls wearing not much more than string walking the Strip at all hours of the day. I walked the strip at 11 a.m. and they were out. And what they're doing is approaching people, um, again, wearing little more than string and saying, hey, would you like to have your picture taken with me? Would you like to come to one of our shows? And then there are men walking the strip handing out pictures of naked women and advertising the shows. And so even though it's... On the exterior, it looks like it's family-friendly. Um, the current running through that is still sexual lust and trying to entrap people into that hole. And there were glittery trucks that were mobile billboards that were driving. One, one drove right next next to us as we were, we were driving at one point down the strip. And they have... Uh, living color pictures of people in various stages of undress. So this is all over the place. And this is um, what we what we are walking into. And as you can imagine, you know, talking about um, having freedom from sexual sin or pornography, the enemy is not going to be saying, hey, good job. Come on in. Especially not right there in the, you could call it the, porn or the sex capital probably of the whole country at some level so we rented a rental car to drive from Arizona to Las Vegas and the rental car had mechanical problems so we had to switch it out 
when we got to Vegas. And then we got there Wednesday night and Thursday, the first show I was scheduled to do at 3 o'clock. And all day long, I just had this dark cloud of depression following me around. I couldn't shake it no matter you know what I did, just praying or like, what do I do? And it's just following me around. And then when we walk into the radio studio, it, it lifted. So uh, there was that going on. And then I met Alyssa, the station manager, for the first time. We walked in around 2.45, and she told me she had got hit in some, with some very difficult personal news, which had really rocked her. And at first she said, how can this happen right before the show we're going to do? And then she looked at me and she realized, oh, you're here to do a show on these sexual topics and and this is a spiritual attack and this is what's going on. So we did the show, went from 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock. We had callers calling in. People were engaged. It, it, was, it went very well. And, and then... Afterward, Alyssa told me that their transmitter went down <laughs> right after the show was done. So, you know, a little more warfare. And then Thursday night, it was, it was, uh, had a rough night. So I went to bed, I don't know, 9, 9.30. And, and then I had these dreams where demons we're in the dreams, and they're very dark and evil. And I woke up, I don't remember what, 11, a, 11 p.m. or midnight. I don't remember when it was. And then there was a dark sense of evil in the room that I could feel physically. And I knew, okay, here we go. Um, so just a lot. spent a lot of that evening and in the early morning hours praying and praying Scripture out loud and and basically going to war and saying, you know, verses out loud, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And 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 then so that that was Thursday night. And we had, we had another show to do Friday morning. So I was, you know, running on <laughs> fumes, not really sleeping very much. And then uh, I go to the radio station and Lisa tells me she got attacked in the same manner. And so more of the same, and we do. And what had happened is Thursday afternoon, the day before, I had shared a bit of my story and my struggles with porn addiction and adultery and other forms of sexual sin and masturbation and all that. I shared it very openly, and and that encouraged Alyssa to the point where she said, "You know, I had struggles with pornography myself." And people who know me know that when I when I hear somebody who's got a story to tell, <laughs> I'll invite him to get involved. So I said, "Hey, well, you want to share your story um, the next morning on the next morning's show?" And she said, "Sure." And she told me she had never shared this publicly before. This was a first for her to share her issues with porn addiction and, and what she went through. So. I was like, yes, this is great because it's very difficult to get women to talk about their struggles with, with lust on the air. At least I haven't been able – I haven't had much luck uh, with having women come on. But ladies, if you're listening to me, we need more of you who are willing to speak up because there are a lot of women who are struggling with pornography and sexting or 
other on- online chat things or romance novels or whatever it is. So this whole thing with porn and lust and sexual sin is not just a man's issue. And by the way, I talked about destroyed lives and those 400,000 people visiting prostitutes. The women, their lives are being destroyed too. This is not just a man's thing, not by a long shot. So I was really blessed when I heard that Alyssa was willing to do that. So um, off the cuff, we, I just said, okay, share your story. Friday morning, she shared her story in the air and her struggles with porn addiction. And <clears throat> she's also had a background with some drugs and had some pretty traumatic things happen. And uh, and then after the show, I just had a sense that, wow, this is a kindred spirit here. This is somebody who doesn't hold back. And while she was talking, she was on her own challenging churches. Hey, we cannot back down from talking about sexual issues any longer. We cannot back down from talking about pornography any longer. And I'm like, wow, this, dang, this is good. I'm, I'm just enjoying beer and listening. So um, we've uh, since the time I was there, we continued to pray and – Something I'll share in just a few minutes. Um, we're going to go back to Las Vegas, but I'll get to that in a moment. But I want to talk about spiritual warfare for a minute. And we get a lot of questions about warfare from the people who come to us for help. And a lot of what we hear is uh, a lot of God's people just are not being equipped on the spiritual battle from their home church. And as I mentioned, we've been looking for a church here for the last couple of years, and I, I cannot remember once, and we, we've visited quite a few churches locally where the spiritual battle was mentioned, and let alone equipping people on how to deal with it. And I, it's, I just don't understand that because the times are so dark right now, and we have to equip people on being spiritual warriors because so many – we're getting our butts kicked. And when you look at 80% of youth walking away, when you look at so many people in bondage to pornography and suicide now being the number two cause of death for teens and so much more, how can you not equip people for the spiritual battle? So I wanted to talk a little bit about that and also – that's also my purpose in sharing with you what we went through in Las Vegas because, you know, if I'd have walked into that situation and not knowing anything about warfare, uh, you know, I don't know what I would have ended up doing because what the enemy tries to do is he tries to intimidate with fear. And I knew that was a part of what they were trying to do when Thursday, that Thursday night I was in the room and, you know, there was the demonic presence. And I also know from previous experience that they, they attack with fear, and if you buy into it or you allow that hook to get into you, um, that it can take you down. So a couple things about spiritual warfare is fear. The enemy attacks often with fear. First Peter 5, 8-9 says, Be sober-minded and alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in your faith and in the knowledge that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same suffering. So when the roaring lion comes, 
you got to realize he's a roaring lion, but th- he's not going to keep roaring forever. And ha- if you stand firm and say, nope, not backing down with fear, I'm digging in, um, I'm not going to let this overtake me. I'm going to do what God's called me to do, and I'm going to keep going. And then I, was, I would also quote verses out loud like Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. So you got to have God's word in your mind so you can recall it when you get hit with battles like this. And then Psalm 91 is the great warfare chapter. So sometimes I'll read that chapter out aloud. And you got to so you got to know the truth and you got to watch the thoughts that are going through your mind. So what the enemy tries to do is float thoughts through your mind like you're all alone here god's not with you um who's going to help you now and and, you know we're coming after you or, or whatever it is so you have to watch the thoughts that are floating through your mind and not every single thought that comes through your mind is yours and part of what they try to do is get you to thinking well these are my own thoughts and then as soon as you buy into that hook down you go so you have to filter out what's coming to, into your mind with the truth um, so you get hit with fearful thoughts, uh, whatever. Nope, I'm not going to fear. Fear is not of the Lord. The only fear that is righteous in God's eyes is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and Jesus told us to fear him who can cast into hell. So, I, yeah, I fear God, and I know he's got standards of holiness, but we're never, ever told to fear the enemy. And once you do that, down you go. Perseverance is a big deal in spiritual spiritual warfare. You've got to be willing to stick it out. There are plenty of spiritual battles I've been involved with where they lasted a minute or, or less. And I just said, in the name of Jesus, I command you to stop and to leave my presence and go where Jesus will command you to go. You have to take up your authority in Christ at times, and you have to understand you have that authority in Christ. Go read Ephesians chapter 2, where we're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And you have to always remember that God is infinitely more powerful than the demonic, demonic realm. So what the enemy tries to do sometimes is get us to, to focus on him and how evil and dark he is, and he's coming at us, and Shouldn't we be cowering in fear? And and who's bigger? Who's always bigger? And the other thing is, sometimes God allows us to get hit like this because sometimes these spiritual battles have a purifying, hmm, purifying uh, fire. So, I mean, you can listen to all the sermons you want on the armor of God in Ephesians 6, but I can tell you that from personal experience, I learned a heck of a lot more warfare than listening to sermons. And let me tell you that, because then you learn what you're made out of. And, you know, if fear is a problem, that will get exposed. If doubt or anger or rage or pride are a problem, those will get exposed. So God can use battles like that as a purifying tool to help you, to grow you stronger in him. It, spiritual battles are not something to be afraid of or to be fearful of. They are not easy, and I'm sure as heck not going to pretend they're easy, and you have to realize that some spiritual battles can be intense, and they can go on for hours. 
So you've got to be willing to stick with it and stand firm and use wisdom. So don't go fighting battles where God hasn't sent you or he's not with you. And, and that's a big mistake some people make. So what I want to share with the time we have left is that we are going back to Las Vegas August 1st to 7th. We're partnering up with KKVV again. We're going to do seven straight days of live radio shows there on recovery from porn and sex addiction. We're going to be doing a billboard campaign in concert with that. So um, God's taking us back into the battle again with KKVV, KKVV. <laughs> and um, pray for them too. That that small radio station is run by three women. So And I have a lot of respect for them doing what they're doing right, basically right smack in the middle of Sodom. So pray, please pray for them too. And I'll be talking about this more in the coming weeks, but next week we will have the blessing and the pleasure of hearing from Melissa Plummer. She's the station manager at KKVV, and she's going to be sharing her story. So that is a show to look forward to. So onward, my friends, and thank you for joining us. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.